Today on The Breakdown, Nicholas Shulman, Matthew Berkey, and Jimmy D'Ambrosio are mixing it up from No Gamble, No Future. It's a big game. 100-200 is the blinds. It's a cash game. Everyone's got a lot of money in front of them. By everyone, I mean Matt Berkey and Nick Shulman anyway. They've both got six figures of money in front of them. It's dollar bills all the way to the ceiling, y'all. And is it a cooler? Is it a spot that maybe someone can get away from? Or is it just damn bad luck? Nobody knows. Are you haunted by a ghost? Nobody knows. Will you live to see tomorrow? Nobody knows. On the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Life is but a fleeting speck of dust. One moment, moment you're floating in the wind, and the next, you're snuffed out, like so many butterflies. Yeah, butterflies are floating in the wind. And they get snuffed out. How do they get snuffed out? By a giant snuffer. <laughs> <laughs> is a snuffer a thing? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, snuff was a thing. Well, that was like, what, what's the thing that you put out like a candle with? Isn't that a candle snuffer? Maybe. You know Maybe. That, that little You're thing? It you know out. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. It covers it up, a little yeah. metal thing with the yeah. little wand. Yeah, if you put a butterfly in one of those things for a while, it would suffocate. <laughs> would it suffocate, though? I mean, there's not enough oxygen. I mean, look, if you put it there long enough, it will starve or sure. die of thirst. But I'm, I'm, I'm going for suffocate before. I think it's really hard to suffocate a butterfly. Really, oh, really? Really hard. Because they got wings and they can make their own air. That's not how <laughs> science works, Lamarck. <laughs> Lamarck? Yeah, I'm just making a... Who's Lamar? Historical <laughs> reference. Oh, that's a person? Uh, yeah, he was... Okay, maybe I've brought this up on the podcast before. He was a contemporary of Darwin who had an alternative theory of evolution, mm. which, looking back on it, is ridiculous. But at the time, I'm sure it seemed okay. Yeah. Which was like, if you do something in your life, your kid is more likely to have an aspect of that. Like, if a uh. gira- giraffe's evolved to have long necks because the parents of the giraffes would stretch their necks to try to get the leaves, and so that would, like, transfer to the baby, the stretching of the neck. Uh, as opposed to like the genes, yeah. which you were just as born opposed with. to yeah, yeah. selective, right, right, you know, right. evolution, um, right. So yeah. yeah, I can see why that would make sense at the time if you don't understand about all the gene stuff. Like, sure, why not? Yeah, you know, you pa- you see your pass on qualities to your kid, and it's like, well, I'm a good carpenter, and my kid turned out to be a pretty good carpenter too, and we don't think about that. I, you know, taught him. And yeah. you grew up around that <laughs> and stuff. There, and, and there's like a genetic component yes, of your perhaps. brain that is probably geared towards that. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Lamarck. Lamarck. Good, I love a good Lamarck discussion <laughs> on a poker podcast. <laughs> Whatever you say, Lamarck. I'm yeah. just going to use that in the next time yeah. I, uh, I'm playing poker. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, like assuming the most obvious reason for a result, I think, is if you're going to use the Lamarck insult. I mean, that is way too sophisticated. No one is going to get the reference That's anyway. why it's amazing. <laughs> you don't like, need to be correct If you're ever it. like at the main event final table yeah. or even just on the main event live stream, you got to make sure you get a Lamarck in there. <laughs> Someone like, nice raise, Lamarck. <laughs> the be like, I feel like I should be really insulted, but I don't know why. <laughs> Who? Lamarck. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I thought that was a first name when you said it, not a last name. And I was like, that's, I've never heard that one. That's a new one for oh, me. Oh, yeah. No, L-A-M-A-R-C-K-E, I think. I hope so. But I'm not entirely sure. Lamacky. Yeah. Lamacky. Lamacky. Yeah. That's a good name. <laughs> sure, Lamacky. <laughs> I'll just go with that. Come on, Lamacky. 
Um, yeah, science, you know. Science and stuff? She, she, uh, she bucks, you know, science. She right, bucks. right, right. Love that scientific method. Yeah. Did Love you know it. that that was a reference to, by the way? I just did a reference right there. What but is that? A, that's not to? a free. It's not an easy one, but I, you, you it sounds get familiar, it. but yeah. I can't. Get, I'm not close. It's Rick and Morty season two, episode six, the ah. teenyverse microverse episode. Wow. When the Nathan Fielder character, as they're three levels down into microverse, is realizes that he is but a product of the the makings of the other two, the Stephen Colbert character, who's a product of the Rick character, and he is freaking out. And Morty says, science, you know, she, she bucks. She, yep. she got to hold on. Okay. And wow. then Nathan Fielder flies his uh, craft directly into uh, the rocks to kill himself because he realizes nothing has any meaning. So, yeah, you knew the episode number. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, I guess. It's an all-timer, that episode. Yeah. I didn't know that was Nathan Fielder. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's a hell of a cast, that episode. I mean, Stephen Colbert, wonderful. We never seen that character again, which is shocking because he felt like a really good, like, nemesis for Rick. Mm. Maybe in the future. Maybe, but it's been like we're in season six or something. Nathan Fielder is an incredible person, by the way. This is just because of the rehearsal. The rehearsal and also Nathan for you watching some of Uh, that. Like it's not as good, but strong recommendation from me and I think Jonathan as well to watch the rehearsal. Yeah. Which is kind of unexplainable until you see it, but it's a very (laughs) interesting show. uh, Like kind of all conjured by Nathan Fielder and his strange mind and his willingness to put himself and others in very awkward situations. It is, it is one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen on television. Yeah. Uh, it's completely different than anything I've ever seen. Um, and brilliant and weird and confusing and emotional and funny and odd all at the same time. Yeah. It's really an extraordinary experience to watch. And yeah, I mean, I've said this to you. I don't think I've ever said this on the show. This is by far the best year of television in the history of mankind in terms of the content that's coming out. 2022, we're talking about. 2022, here. thank you. Um, that is one of a tier of shows. that It's in my top tier. I keep a list of every show that I watch and play, you know, organize it so that way I actually know how good I think everything was because I care about stuff like that. I love making lists. And, uh, but the top tier of shows are all so good, I almost don't know where anything belongs because they're all could be the best show of the year as far as I'm concerned. I have like seven shows that are that good. It's been a good year of TV. It's been amazing. The rehearsal, yeah. I actually currently have it as the seventh best show, but if you said it was number one, I'd be like, yeah, sure. It's, yeah, strongly recommend to everybody. Oh, uh, amazing. Have you watched Nathan for you, Jonathan? I've only watched clips on YouTube, and it's so awkward yeah. and cringe for me. And I don't mean cringe the way people say, I mean, like, I'm cringing. Yeah, now, like, like he, like it's painful though. It's like watching the Michael Diwali episode when he's about to propose to uh, what's her face. Yeah, the, the real office. estate agent. Yeah, it's very. It's it's more awkward than the office. I would it's say it's hard for me to watch because it it's also real people in real situations. Yes. And but it's what's crazy. It's tough to watch. I think it's one of those shows that I kind of have to be doing something else at the same time and kind yeah. of watching out of the corner of my eye because it's like it's like a really sour candy. Just like this is <laughs> this is really interesting, but I don't know if I can handle it yeah. anymore. You know? Yeah. Like it's but. The rehearsal it's, could have been like that, but, no, but it, it wasn't. It was softened around the edges, and yeah. it was it, it was so narratively driven. It's hard to explain. We're not going to get into yeah. that. But anyway, this guy, Nathan Fielder, he has he's like missing a gene or something in order to be able to put himself in these situations and not break and not crack and also be okay with being in these spots. Like... Just the small things he does in like Nathan for you, like just there aren't even near the cringiest things. Like there's a part where he's going to buy condoms and he, he goes to the cashier and he's like, Do you have any in smaller sizes? <laughs> like stuff like that. He just constantly puts himself yeah. in spots like that. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's uh 
watching him do the stuff in the rehearsal. So he is the rehearsal is so much. It's almost like watching uh, the Charlie Kaufman film Schenectady, New York, where it's like levels upon levels upon levels. It's actually good for poker players in some ways because there's so many levels. To it's an extremely the fucking rehearsal. Leveled show. It's so meta. It's crazy. It's yeah. meta upon meta. Um, but his facial expressions, which aren't necessarily, which aren't funny, but like he's got, he's like so serious and intense at times. It almost looks like he's eaten something that tastes awful because he's so caught up in whatever's going on. It's yeah. really an experience it to is. watch. HBO uh, Max, all episodes streaming now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, they wish they were paying us. That'd be cool. We wish they were paying us. They don't us. have any money though, right? HBO Max itself. Well, I mean, they're owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. They're doing okay. Yeah. But no, they don't. They're... And Nick Fertucci. Yeah, but they're not doing well. No, they're yeah. doing very poorly. Hey, Matt Berkey's in this hand and he's been a, you know... Maybe that's why I mentioned the, Nick Fertucci. Probably know. it is. It made me think of it. That that's a yet another. Although this has finally died down, the Robbie J. Lou Garrett yeah. thing. Finally I mean, chilling thank God. out in the news. It's, it's, it, it was like a little bit too long. Of, well, of you got tired of it faster than everyone else. It's because you have a child and you don't sleep enough. That is not why. I, I mean, like I think at a, at a certain point it was just a swirling the same swirling the same information around and around and around. I feel like there was new information almost every day that was coming for out. a while, but it, there hasn't been for a while. Well, that's then. why it stopped being a thing. But you were bored of it before when there was still new information coming out. You were still bored. What's the most recent new thing? It's like the Rip and Robbie at the yes. at the game at the baseball game. And Rip's wife tweeted like, "This is embarrassing." Yeah, which everyone's like, "Uh oh." Yeah, <laughs> it's very dramatic. The whole thing. Yeah, it's very dramatic, but. Berkey's only kind of like a fringe character in it anyway. Uh, yeah, there was a little while when it looked like he was going to be a major player, but it feels like that's chilled out again now as everyone's sort of gone back to their respective corners Yeah, for now anyway. So yeah, there isn't really much to say. I don't know that Garrett's going to play on any of these streams for a long time. Um, I did see someone uh, critiquing Garrett for, the, for giving the money away because I forgot about this, but he gets a tax write-off yeah. on that money. So actually it benefits him... Now, of course, that's not really the money that was given to him. It's just the same amount of money. I mean, that it's was not, given it doesn't him. benefit him more than keeping the money, though. No, right. Keeping the money is better, for yeah. sure. But, but if you're trying to do a thing where you makes you look like you're the good guy and you're not, like, benefiting from this... Because by, by giving it, by donating, it looks like he's not benefiting from this either, right? That's the message that's being sent. But he does get to write off, like, $135,000, which is significant. Yeah. Like, that's... You know, that saves him like, I don't know, 40000 probably $50,000 in taxes. You think? Hmm. Yeah. I assume he's, you know, declaring like a million dollars or more a year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's probably like 50K, 55K. Might be. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm happy to let it slowly die unless something explosive comes out about it. Yeah. You know, whatever. This is a different show. This is No Gamble, No Future, which has, you know... Parts to it that are not just poker, but who cares? Who cares? We're not really going to get into that. We don't. Like, you can to. bet on who's going to be the biggest I, it's winner. It's unclear, and, and it's dumb, and no one, no one ever talks about that. The only thing that matters is they're playing for a lot of money. It's a cash game, and it's shorthanded, right? And they're getting people who are action players. Yeah, I think short, by shorthanded, you mean like eight-handed? Oh, is it eight-handed? I thought it was like six-handed. Maybe it's six-handed. It doesn't matter. because It it's doesn't gonna, matter. It's going to open from the low jack, so it's whatever, however many players that is, five-handed, six-handed. That's six-handed. Yeah, yeah, six handed, but I don't. I think there's players before Berkey that fold. But. So then, this hand is is six handed. Yeah, and that's what's important <laughs> to us. Right, uh, right. And this was suggested by S Fighter on Discord. S Fighter S sounds like Fighter. a video game guy. Yeah, he's like got anime hair. Sure, I wasn't. But only that. the hair. The rest is just like a normal corporeal being. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right, we need to take 30 seconds right. on this, just to be clear. So when you say anime hair, do you mean hair in the style of an anime, or do you mean cartoon hair on a human? Second one. So it's like people look at it and are freaking out and are wondering if they're on drugs. Right. It's like you're watching just a normal show like The Office, and one of the people on The Office has cartoon hair. Yeah. Like a literal cartoon. Yeah. You know, I was uh, looking at a graphic novel just yesterday, and it's... Uh, they were talking about, there's, in, in the graphic novel, there's a scene where like uh, basically like a demon or shows up in a bar or something like that. And the, per, the person who's narrating it is, seen, is like used to demons, but no one else is. And they say, like, yeah, every movie always gets this wrong. People are like, whoa, and then they just continue on. That's not how it goes at all. Like People like, get strokes right away. People die right away because um, the panic is so intense, basically. And then other people act like nothing's going on at all. And just like continue about as if it's normal. I just thought it was very an interesting take on that. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking, I wonder if someone had this anime hair, people would just die right away from seeing it or get a stroke. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would be wild. You yeah. know, like is that what it sounds like when you get a stroke? By the way, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't Thank know how you. you nailed it so. Well. I don't know. Yeah, that was like first time, first time out. Beginner's you know, luck, I guess. You know, there's a futurist school of thought that believes that if a person who was like 40 years old, yeah. 100 years ago, was transported to now, they would die from over, they would being literally overwhelmed. Die. It seems impossible yeah. to me. Um, but that's sort of this, that's what I thought of when I read this, yeah. actually, because I know you like, you said that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you said it on the show, but you certainly said it to me before. And, uh, and I, thought, I thought of that. And it was like, the demon makes more sense to me, though, than like, oh, they have, they don't have horses, they have cars. Yeah, like, I, I, like, I've why, never, would I, why would I die? That's from never that? really rang true with me. Yeah, the whole maybe, maybe a thousand years ago, but even then, it doesn't really ring true with me. I, it would just, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me at all why you would die from that. Yeah, like I can understand being confused. Right. Maybe you think you're going crazy. A bunch you, of you stuff. might actually go into some sort of psychosis for a while. Because yeah, because you're yeah. freaking out. I can yeah. see freaking out or having panic attacks, but. Maybe if you're, you have a really weak heart and so you get a panic attack and then you die from that, but yeah. that's not what the person means. They yeah. mean like you're like, oh, like, iPhone, oh my God, like and your it's brain, over. Like your brain stops working or something. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't work me. for me. Stupid like, future. show me something brand new. I love it. You know? Stupid futurists, go to hell. <laughs> anyway. Just that one. Yeah, that one. Or How does that feel, Lamarck? Fucking Lamarck. You got him. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Kind of right. Like the simplest explanation. Yeah. Except that isn't that simple. That's not the simplest. No. It's like just a weird outlandish thing. Well, Speaking but, of weird outlandish yes, things, yes. Matt Berkey. Oh, oh damn, shit. son. Doesn't really mean anything. But still, it feels like a shot fired. Solved for that, bitch. <laughs> 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 Obviously, I'm kidding. Matt Berkey has 101K in front of him. Okay, okay. At this 100, 200 game, so 500 bigs. Cool, cool. Pretty deep. I imagine there's often a straddle, but there's not this time. Yeah. Um, he's got king five of diamonds. He's going to open in the low jack to 600. Feels a little loose. It does, but you know, when we had Matt Matros on three months ago or whatever, and we were saying this about Jason Kuhn opening King 8 suited under the gun. I think it was even King 7. Was it King 7? I thought it was King 8, Maybe but either King- way, but either way, under the gun, and we were like, seems loose, and Matt was like, yes, yeah, if it's loose, it's barely loose, and we're like, really? So if this is, you know, three spots in now, we're in the low jack, King 5 suited, I would guess is like a solver-approved thing. I, I could look it up, but I'm not yeah. going to right now. Um, it feels loose to me, especially when you're up against some good players. But I guess if you're doing solver stuff, you don't care about that, right? You're just trying to be perfect. Yep. And something that we often forget when analyzing these hands, uh, especially cash game hands, is that 
all of the uh, cash game hands that we're analyzing are not raked hand hand for hand, like mm. on a hand by hand basis, which means you can open a lot wider. That is a great point. Like if there's if there's timed rake or anything, then it completely changes your opening ranges. You open much wider. Yep. Uh, it's because it has no effect on the chips on the table. Right. So. Yeah, you, this is probably an open from it's the It's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure Berkey's sitting there thinking he's either, he's if not the best player at the table, certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, that may be true. I don't even know. I know Nick Shulman's at the table. I know Jimmy D'Ambrosio's at the table. Who else is at the table? Do you know? Um, Other folks. Yeah, there's a... Uh, like Eric Person, probably. Somebody young. He's been Eric something young. Oh, Justin Young? Justin Young. Yeah, um, sure. Nick Shulman, of course. Um, what's his name? Daniels, the guy who was being really Jake loose. Daniels. Jake Daniels. I mean, if I'm Berkey, I would sit there, and it's very possible I would think I'm either the best player at the table. I'm uh, certainly among the best players at the table, and I might be the best. Yeah. Berkey's also doing his own weird Berkey stuff sometimes, which I'm sure he thinks makes him better than a guy like Nick Showman. Whether oh, yeah. that's true or not is you know up for debate. Oh yeah, fair the, enough. The but ghost of Bob Bright is at the table too. He's really? Like, yeah. He's, he's. Oh well, Jesus Christ! I can understand like Bob Bright, Jake Daniels. That alone is a reason probably to open more, play more hands, right? Unfortunately for him, Shulman is two to his left, which is not the toughest spot. Yeah, but I, we're probably just opening a game theory correct, you know, range here, and I'm sure King Five Suit is part yeah. of it. So he does that. Okay, off his 500 blind stack to 600. Nick Shulman is on the butt, or he's in the cutoff. He's got two eights, hearts and clubs. He's got 200k, so mm-hmm. twice Berkey's stack. What is your uh, what's your balance here? What's your frequencies? I think I'm almost always calling. Okay, I'm not three betting very much at all. Winning this, winning a, three betting and winning a small pot here, not a big deal. Eights aren't the kind of hand that often wins at showdown. Um, it's hard to get to showdown and win at showdown with eights. Obviously, you can do it, but for any kind of sizable pot, anyway, yeah. if you don't make a set. If we make a set, we don't mind lots more people being in any way. We're very deep. Berkey's got 500 blinds. We've got twice that, mm-hmm. right? We're not trying to win a small pot against Matt Berkey. We're trying to win a monster pot with this hand, right? Yep. I think this is a call most of the time, especially if you've got fish behind you. Like, you don't mind them being in the hand. If we hit a set, we're going to get paid. It, it increases our chance of getting paid. If we don't hit a set, we're unlikely to get to showdown with eights that often anyway against a player like Berkey. Sometimes we will, sure, but, but it won't be a big pot. So who... I, I'm very interested in calling and not very interested in raising this. What do you think? I mostly agree. The one issue I have is the fish behind thing. The The big blind is Justin Young. He's like the mm. non-fish guy. True, you know? true. So That's fair. it would be nice to get Justin Young out of there if we could. That wouldn't suck. Yeah. That's true. We're going to give up some equity by, by leaving him in. But we get to play. I, li- I like the idea of playing. These, to me, these kinds of hands play so well. And the deeper we are, the better they play as a, uh, as a call. Yeah. He calls. Cool. Then we got Jimmy D'Ambrosio, who we know nothing about right. here at the Poker Guys HQ. Um, well, we know his. I know a few things about him because of how he behaves in this hand, and I looked up his Hendon also. Okay, give me some insights there. Well, here's his Hendon. Well, you want to, you you know you literally know nothing about him, so I, I'll just tell you because yeah. it's not going to be fair to you. It's uh, two hundred seventy nine thousand dollars total okay. live earnings. And he's been he's been cashing on Hendon since July two thousand six. Okay. So, I don't know. That should tell you some stuff already. He might just be a cash game player, but he uh, acts a bit whaley. The way he acts in this hand, I don't believe he can be a serious pro. It seems impossible to me. He also, but strangely, if he's a whale, he has 32K in front of him in, on the button. So, yeah. he's like really not in a spot to, to maximize value against other players, which is fine if you're a whale, but most whales buy in for a lot anyway. He, maybe he just lost a pot recently. Maybe. And so, he's been knocked down. I have no idea. Yeah, anyway, he's only got 32K, okay. which is 150 blinds. Yeah. Um, and he's got King, Queen of Spades. So pretty. 
So this is an easy call, right? We're on the button, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Definitely call. I mean, you could three bet, but yeah. you don't really have to. And this Sam plays so well multi-way. King-Queen off, I think, we is much is a much better candidate to three bet than King-Queen suited here. I agree. Uh, so he makes the call. Yeah. Uh, Jake Daniels, the loosey-goosey Jake Daniels, calls three, four off in the small blind. Wow. Because he's Jake Daniels. Wow, wow, and wow. And he likes to play. And that brings Justin Young in with nine, four suited in the big blind, which is a more reasonable thing yeah. but you could still fold you're never folding it's 400 four to win 2800 so and you've not you have a suited hand of course yeah. you're calling what are you yeah. any two suited cards we're calling here um so okay as nick showman our plan is very clear right if we don't flop a set we're almost, or, or like a open-ended straight draw kind of a thing we're just not going to put money in this pot we're five-handed nine right? five six might be an okay yeah but, sure you know something like that yeah. fine a, a straight draw a reasonable split straight draw yeah fine but like we're not going to put a lot of money in this pot unless we unless we flop a set or have a big draw. Oh, have I got a flop for you? Okay. After we talk about nitro betting. Oh, yeah, you got to wait for the Set flop, but it's worth it because nitro betting has songs. Nitro betting is here, y'all, and nitro betting sings songs, y'all. <laughs> nitro betting is all, y'all. It's all. I dare any of you <laughs> to make a podcast and have the balls. <laughs> To just make up random songs about your sponsor at any given moment. Yeah, that's you don't us. you don't have it in you, dear listener. Yeah, I'd like to call out some of the big podcasts for this too. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Why yeah. don't you do this? I don't, Joe Rogan. I don't hear Rogan doing this. I don't hear Ira Glass singing about <laughs> air mattresses or whatever he's hawking these days. Yeah, yeah. Those bastards right. don't have the set. They don't have a set. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Nitro Betting doesn't sponsor them. That's right. Right? They sponsor us because courage. Because we have courage. Just like you have courage, dear listener. See, you can grow the courage that we have by using the link in the description, and then you get all of the cool promotions. Mm. And when, it's a lot easier to have courage when you have stuff, right? Yeah. And you know how you get stuff? How? Promos. <laughs> promos. You know, we got the uh, all sorts of sports promos they do all the time for their sports book. They got the... Uh, Survivor pool that's going on right now. Holy shit. Is that a promo song coming in? You got your promos. <laughs> it's in slow-mo. Everybody's got to go, go. See that? <laughs> that is more than brave that you just did that. And you know that it's going to go out to everybody. Yeah, everyone's going to hear it. That's, that's heroic. <laughs> that's like brave heart level. Right there. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah, 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 that's you. I'm oh, sorry, you were saying about promos? Uh, there's lots of them. They're always coming up with new ones. Only if you use the link in the description when you sign up or else you don't get access to those promos or our monthly tournament, which is a big bowl of fun. That's what they say about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, big bowl of fun. Yeah, Cheerios tried to steal that from us, but we sued the shit out yeah, of them. Yeah, fuck off. Guess who has a set and who doesn't? <laughs> Joe che- Rogan. Cheerios don't got no set. How you feeling about that, Lamarck? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking Lamarck idiot. Piece of shit. And that's how you promote nitro betting. Ooh, God, we're so good at that. If you ever are in a position to promote nitro betting, you should just know that you're not going to do it as well as us, but you can try. You can aspire. I mean, you should try. You yeah. should try the way a four-year-old might get a skateboard and be like, I could be Tony Hawk right. one day. Yeah. You could be like that with be like nitro that. promos. Yeah. It's cool. Like a... Like a malnourished four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> One day I hope to be like Mr. Tony Hawk. Yeah. You're like, sure, kid. That's the accent of a four-year-old. <laughs> it's, not, it's not specific to any culture or region. It's, it's age-specific accent. <laughs> it's an age thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, we got five players heading to this flop. Of course the we do. The pot is $3,200. The only hands you need to remember 
are Berkey with King Five of Diamonds, Shulman with Two Eights, and D'Ambrosio with King Queen of Spades. Okay. The flop is King of Clubs, Eight of Spades, Five of Spades. Holy shit. That is the sickest, bro. That's pretty sharp. It really is pretty sharp. It, it, it really is. So D'Ambrosio flops top pair with a second enough flush draw, but that's not the best hand, man. No. Uh, it's, it's got the worst hand. It's got some equity, but uh, yeah. Shulman's got a set of eights, and speaking of not so much equity, that's Matt Berkey with King Five, Ooh. top and bottom pair. He's got two outs right now. Yep. That's not good. He's got one out? Oh my God! He's yeah. got the the last king. Yeah. That is it. Jesus! Or I thought running, there were two kings for some reason. Or running fives. That's the only. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can go perfect, perfect. Yeah, with the fives or the final king. So he's in that. he's in some trouble, but he might not know it. It feels like a miracle flop for king five suited when you get called in five spots. You're like, oh my God! I actually have a flop that I can continue on with king five suited when I got called in four spots. I mean, what am I losing here? I'm losing to the one combo set of fives. Yeah. I'm losing to a set of eights. Yeah. I'm losing to king eight suited, which is probably only in the big blind. Showman probably calls with that. Showman might call with that because we're so deep. And, and we know for sure that uh, Daniel oh. would have called with it in the small blind. Oh, I guess that's true. Okay, so King 8 suited is out there too. But well, how can we worry about that? This is an amazing flop for us. We hope there's King Queens out there to pay us off, right? There king is Jacks. a King Queen. I know. All right, so Daniel's and Young are garbage humans. They check. Here's something that happens. Okay. Matt Berkey checks. Whoa. He's got really? top and bottom. It's a very wet five-way pot. King eight five wow. two spades he checks that is really surprising he must be h protecting his checking when and when I I don't know what happens in this street I know overall what happens in the hand but I don't but you know we just talked about it a little bit beforehand um, but I'm guessing without looking at the notes either this is him at least looking to check raise I gotta believe he's check raising here right and um, so he's protecting his checking slash check raising range I guess I mean. Implicit in that is that you're not always going to get somebody behind you to bet. Of there's course. Two, but, you know, That's maybe, okay. maybe it happens frequently enough when there's a lot of draws that either player will likely bet. I mean, Shulman might bet an, a gut shot at this point. He might not because there's so many players. I'm not sure. I think he's mostly checking a gutter five ways. But six, seven is probably a bet, which yeah. is an open ender, and spade draws are probably a bet. And uh, if anybody else has a king, that's probably a bet. It's one of the cool things, assuming Berkey does get, it, does get the opportunity to and chooses to check race here, and I don't know if either of those things are going to happen, but assuming they do, um, then he gets to, like, like, if he bets, the draws are going to call, right? But if he check raises, he can really punish them. Yeah. And either push them out or force them to put in a lot more money than they want to anyway on the flop. So that's kind of cool. Um, this is an interesting decision five ways. It wouldn't have occurred to me to check this hand five ways. It's definitely not among the top candidates of checking hands in my, in my yeah. mind. But I guess you, like, I guess, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this because I was thinking like, well, we have a lot of checks five ways, so it's cool to have this, but it feels like there's obviously some bets, and this feels like the most obvious bet that we could have in our entire range, mm. top and bottom pair. On a, that's maybe the most vulnerable, really strong hand that we have. Right, but again, if we're doing a check raise, we're trying to protect it that way. And so instead of putting yeah. in a smaller bet, we get to put in a much bigger bet and punish people a little bit more. And maybe even put a guy like Shulman. Like if Shulman's got like a, well, no, we have top and bottom though, so... It's a weird spot. It's interesting. All right, float, float through the metaverse with me on this one. <laughs> okay, sure. Zuckerberg. Uh, so <laughs> 3,200 in the pot. If we want to really protect it and still get action from kings, what if we bet 4,500 into 3,200? Um, I mean, spades aren't going to fold if they're... If, if Shulman has a big draw, he's not folding. Spades aren't going to fold to a check raise either unless it's an insane size. Right, but we get to charge them a lot more when we've got the equity advantage, right? I mean, we're charging them either way. For sure. 4,500 is a pretty big bet. Yeah. 
I mean, I got to believe this is mostly about balance, though, right? Berkey's trying to, like, he's got a lot of checks, like you said. Some of them have to be check raises. He has to have some check raises, and it can't just be kings. All right, let's go ahead, let's get in the lab a little bit here. Okay. Because sometimes you and I come up with ideas about Once poker. In a while. Uh, it's been a while about no limit hold'em ideas. We've had ideas on other variants, but anyway. So, should we, as a poker playing population, when we have such a huge field of players, five players or something in a cash game, and a super wet board as the aggressor for choosing the bet, should we be choosing sizes that are much bigger than pot a lot uh, of the time? That's a great question. I mean, a lot of it comes back to yeah, how deep we are, of course, yes. right? Um, so for, if we're very deep, like this is an interesting spot cause we're so freaking deep to start with. It's unusual. Yeah. Right. We just don't see that, um, that often anyway. I mean, Berkey probably does if he's playing in these games. All the Maybe time. he does. He yeah. does. You're right. But I mean, but like a lot of, like in, like when you and I are even doing cash game stuff, like unless Garrett and Andy are in the hand, usually Garrett's got a million dollars in front of him and everyone else has a much more normal amount of chips in front of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, the cash games that you and I play locally, like. Often we end up with 500 blind deep situations. We do, but rarely, right? It's pretty rare. It's but not that rare, honestly. After, after a bit of a buildup, it's pretty. Oh, you know what? You're totally right, actually. Yeah. In fact, can even be more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, so betting more than pot is the question. Should yeah, like just... significantly more than pot. In, in this type of situation, exactly, where you have a lot of players yeah. and it's a wet board. Yeah. So when you say, you mean like two times the pot kind of a thing? Yeah, so like I said, 4,500. Right, Let's did. use that as a baseline. So it's like one and a half X yeah. or something, yeah. Um, it just would, it goes so against my normal, like the, gu- the guardrails I have set up in my I mind. I know, but are, no we, limit, are we as a population too tethered to the yes. idea of a pot? Yes. You know? Mike, Michael, uh, what's the guy's name? Adamo? Adamo would say definitely, yeah. right? Um, in fact, he goes far, far out of his way to not yeah. be tethered. Um, okay. Let me start by saying we are definitely too tethered, and I am definitely too tethered to those guardrails. So that doesn't mean we should be betting this much, but I have to be wildly open to it and think it's at least an interesting idea. So what's calling us if we bet into into four other players one and a half times pot? Is King Jack off calling us? I don't know that it is. Okay, let me... Especially with players behind, I don't think it can. Let's look at it from a different angle. Okay. I think it's possible that King Jack off is if we're playing an iterated game and they've seen it a lot. Okay. Um, But... How many bluffs do we have when we bet pot and a half five ways? Well, we're going to have to find balance some way, which we don't have to get in the lab on right now, but we we could obviously do that, and it wouldn't be that much of a problem. Um, So I think the major advantage of doing something like this is we have a much more defined situation, and we have a bigger pot to win. So like, we really have no idea what we're trying to avoid if we bet you know, 1,700 into 3,200 and get called in two spots. We have no idea what we're looking out for, right? And it could be anything. It could be a lot of... Like and it incentivizes a lot of, especially the overcaller, to come in with a ton of stuff that can get pretty sneaky on us. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it makes it just so much easier to play in the future, and we win a much bigger pot when we get called in one spot. So I think this is Berkey's way of trying to do some version of that, right? Yeah, by checking again, assuming there's a check raise coming, um, that feels more natural, and then maybe also sets up some stuff where um, he isn't as he defines his own hand pretty strongly by betting pot and a half, even if he's got bluffs. Those bluffs are almost always going to be pretty high equity bluffs, right? He's going to have almost no air ever. How can he have air five ways? Yeah. He can't. Well, he's, so not gonna, he he's, pot- not, he's never betting 1,600 with air anyway. He's not, but he can bet with a different range than he can bet 4,500, right? Name the hands that are different. Um, King 10 suited, is he going to bet 4,500? Is he going to bet King 10 suited five ways anyway? 
I think on this Wetterboard, five ways you could bet half pot. I think that's not crazy. I'm wondering if we should just never bet half pot. Like, okay. Think of how tricky it is to play King Ten Suda when you bet half pot and you get any action at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's not say half pot. That's fair. Um, on this board, this many people, you could bet more than that. But if you're betting 80% of pot, still tricky. It's all tricky. It is. But it's I think it's all tricky. Yeah. So the, the concern I have is that when we choose to bet pot and a half or more, that at least right now, it feels like, okay, you've either got essentially like top, top or better for, for made hands and, and monster draws, and you can't really have anything else ever. And the question I guess you're asking is, if we bet 80% of the pot, what else is in that range? Yeah. And I would say maybe we can have a few more things in there. Like, like what? Could we ever have... Uh, we could bet um, some gut shots now. Now, there aren't very many gut shots Into for us to have. Into five players? Into four opponents? Well, we don't want to check call with it, right? And we're the, we're the preflop aggressor on this board where we so do we take it down six, sometimes. So we have six, nine of diamonds? Yeah. You think we're just going to check fold it? Yeah, I do. Not always. It feels like a check fold to me. See, but th- the problem with that is now we have too many hands that we bet that we're never folding. We're basically never folding any of the hands we bet. We need to have some bet folds. So okay. this is a good hand to do that with. Because if, if we get called, we still have outs to win as opposed to total air. Okay, so why don't we just do it with King-10 instead? To bet fold King-10? Yeah. Um, we can, but if we're up against... Well, five ways we probably should just fold. Yeah, yeah. King-10. I'll agree with that, yeah, if we get raised. I mean, we should, I mean, what should we do with ace-king? If we get raised, should we, should we, I guess we have to call against certain players and fold against others, and maybe at this, in this game we have to actually call. But I mean, five have, ways, I mean, it's rough. Again, we don't have to go into the lab on this, but it's, if yeah. we did choose the 4,500 sizing, mm-hmm. we'd have to find our line for like yeah. where we're going with it. Yeah. And ace-king might be on either side of the line. I'm not sure it's right close. now. Yeah. 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 I don't really know. I feel like we could easily bet king-queen 4,500, and, and that's comfortable and fine. Like, there's, ace-king's not really out there. So yeah. that's not a concern. It's all the same hands right. that we're that's true. worried about. That's true. Yeah, king-jack is where it starts to get a little problematic, yeah. where we might be valuing ourselves, where king-queen's too good to fold against our 4,500. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and we may even be in game theory disaster land for a lot of the players. Like, right. Because the guy who's immediately after us, the guys who, unless they have a monster, have to fold all their pretty good hands, right? Because yeah. they've got dudes behind them. Yeah. So you put them in this weird spot, especially when you bet that much, where someone who decides to call is going to really have a good hand a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think... We also may be inducing raises more than we want to from the draws because they feel like they can't call that much. I mean, well, if we have king five, we can go with it, I guess. Yeah, but we definitely have to go with it with king five. I don't know. I think, I think we're tethered not only to the pot size a little bit too much, but other ideas from, you know, mm. the 2010-type era. Yeah. Um, which include things like... No, I just completely lost my train of thought. That's too bad. I had a good oh, one. I was that was so cool. I felt like I had something there. Damn I it. was talking about the raising uh, versus calling with the draws when you bet one and a half times the pot. Yeah, That's it was. What it to spark it was. There. It was from something before that. Actually, okay. I don't All know right, why whatever. it just it just oh. kind of went. Hey, let's let's do this. Let's not keep going down this yeah. path right now because I feel like this is a long drawn it out is. path. But let's let's like aim to continue this conversation. Be it on the show or if we do it off the show, we can sort of. Come back and give everyone the cliff notes of where we ended up. But like, I think this is a really interesting conversation that I don't really ever see people making these decisions almost ever right. in a poker game. And I think we should be at least exploring it. Okay, we will. Good. I wish I didn't lose my train of Me thought Me too. There. It'll come back to you eventually. Don't it will. About it. Anyway, Berkey checks. Okay. That's where this all came from. King five on the king eight five two spade board. Mm-hmm. 
Shulman's going to bet. He's got a set of eights, so he should bet. Tell me about his sizing. It's 1K into 3,200. Um, it feels like he is betting to... He's trying to induce, it feels like. Maybe. Right? Like he's saying, hey, if you got a draw, sure, you can call, but you might just... These are all very aggressive players and stuff like Jake Daniels. Yeah. My God. Like True, true. These guys are going to light it up on a small bet sometimes, right? And so we have a perfect hand to really punish them. For it kind of looks like we have one eight instead of two eights. Yeah. Or we have like two nines in our yeah. hand or something like that. We're like feeler bet. And yeah. it's not a feeler bet. Right. right. It's like a fuck you. You're going to die bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right? intense. That's pretty yeah. intense, man. I don't know yeah. about that. So like, um, so I, I think that's what's going on here. I think he's like, is going to make these one K bets sometimes when it checks to him with okay hands. And so he's like, Hey, I have it this time and come and get it boys. Come and get it, boys. Yeah. All right. Well, should D'Ambrosio come and get it? Because he's got King, Queen of Spades on the King, 8, 5, 2 spade board. It's a, it's a third pop bet. He's next to act. There's a lot of players behind. And he started the hand with 32K. Should D'Ambrosio consider raising? He should certainly consider, but I don't think he should do it. Okay. Because he's got showdown value and the draw? He has tremendous showdown value. He has the kind of hand where if he raises, it's hard to think of worse hands that can come along, except unless spades go nuts on Combo him. draws and nut flush draws. Not flush draws, yeah, which isn't, which is okay. Yeah, it's actually great. Yeah, well, we have a slight edge. You're right. Yeah. And combo draws obviously is incredible. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. But all the made hands that are like we have a, enough of a made hand. I just don't know why we need to raise here. And we, we're even in position. Yeah. I like a call. Okay, that's, I think that's the standard. But I, I couldn't kill him if he raised. No, me either. Not at all. The blinds both fold, and now it's time for Berkey to pounce. Good. He's gonna solve for fuck you. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> He raises to 6K. Is it big enough? Well, you were saying before, like a 4.5K bet into this pot would be good. There's 2K have been added, and now yeah. he's making it 6. It's sort of kind of about right. I mean, yeah. I think it's big enough. I think he's going to fold out all the trash, which isn't really what he's trying to do. It's, anyway, it's right? effectively, it's like a pot size. Yeah, bet. that seems yeah. fine to me. This is a version of betting really big, right? It's, an, it's a different way to do it, but he traps some money in the pot, too, yeah. from marginal hands instead of letting him get away scot-free. Right. The difference being you risk the check-through. Yes. So there's advantages and disadvantages. Yes, you risk the check-through. That's part of poker. Sometimes you got to risk that. Yeah. And so I, I think this is cool. I think you could go even more. I, don't, I think if you went seven or eight, that would be fine, too. But I think six is totally fine. If we're Berkey, we think we almost always have the best hand, right? Yeah. Like, we just... Showman bet 1K. D'Ambrosio called... The other guys folded. Like, we have the best hand. Like, we're, we love our spot. Yep. So I agree. I think 6K is perfectly fine. I, I think it's fine. I would like to see bigger. Um, okay. And part of my discussion of should we just bet 4,500 actually comes from personal experience because something I've recognized, and I hope a lot of players who play against me on a regular basis aren't listening to this, but whatever. I'm going to put it out there anyway. Okay. Something I've recognized with, with pretty severe consequences is that most players in the, like, one three five five range that I'm playing against frequently are not doing a great job understanding what the pot size actually is. Once a bet has gone in, they don't really see uh, that yeah. the decisions become a lot more binary for them. So I've been using really big sizes in spots where people aren't calculating pot sizes correctly. When and you have it. You yeah, mean, yeah. When I have it. And sometimes when I have something that I just want to put a lot of action in with, you know, something mm -hmm. like the big draw. Can you give an example? Um, like, uh, just sizing wise. So, I'm trying to think of an actual example, well, but whatever. I can't. Just give us a hypothetical example. A hypothetical. So the pot is yay big, and what yeah, size let's, are you doing? let's say the pot, somebody raises to 15 preflop, and I'm in the big blind, and I call with king-queen. Okay. And the flop is king-queen-four, 
It doesn't matter. All this stuff doesn't matter, obviously. So there's $45 <laughs> in the pot because the button also called. Yeah. And the original Razer continues for 30 bucks. Yeah. I think I can make it 115 No mm-hmm. problem. 120 Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes 140 Yeah. I mean, 115 or 120 doesn't even feel weird. Like, yeah. that feels like a kind of normal race size. 150 starts to feel... Like it's actually... It is, it is big, though, if you actually look at what the pot is. I mean, there's... He bets 30. There's 75 in the pot. Yeah. You're making it 120. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. That's it's more than pot. Yeah. That's um, not normal in like most cases. People don't usually bet more than pot. I disagree. If someone makes a 30, what do you think a normal race size is? Like a very normal race size, not like 80 to 90. That's more than pot. So what are you talking about, kid? Is it more than pot yep. when you 40, 30? Oh, we, are we including our call yeah, in there? Yeah, of course. Too? All right, all right, fine. You're fine. All right, it's not more than pot, but it's it's basically pot already, right? And I think being out of position, we would always make it more, maybe, especially the wetter. The maybe board. that should be taken further. Maybe I should make it 160 there. Okay, like, I've definitely been uh, making it making my raises bigger too, uh, for sure. And I feel like that works great. Yeah, like I feel like sizing up is almost always the right move when you have a good hand and people are putting in any kind of action. Yeah. It's real. It's it just seems to work out really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you want the action, if you don't want the action, I don't know why we're sizing up because I feel like people are. The point is, people are somewhat insensitive to these price change, these price differences, right? Yeah. And so once it's a place that they're not used to doing the math on, right? Well, like I feel like it's important. Like if it's just the initial bet, people pretty much understand yes. what the pot is, and if you bet one hundred and twenty percent of pot on the initial bet, it kind of freaks people out. Right. It's different. But you're saying yeah, you go big after that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Berkey thinks he wants action, but guess what? Yeah. He's in the grinder because he's basically drawing dead against these two hands combined. He's got uh, one out, man. Yeah, he's got one out. So as Shulman, what do you want to do here except for celebrate? I mean, once in a while we are up against pocket kings, but I think we just have to be thinking to ourselves, so fucking be it. We're always going It's Matt Berkey. Kings. It's not Johnny Chan. We can, right. go, we can lose 500 blinds against Berkey it's with middle fine. set. It's yeah. just the deal. Yeah. Um, we have the second nuts right now. The question is, yeah, do we want to let Berkey and or D'Ambrosio draw, right? That's what we're really asking ourselves because both those guys could be drawing. Um, Berkey especially feels like he's. I mean, a second a secondary question is: Are there hands in Berkey's range that we are beating that we can get a third bet in on this flop? Yes. Against that are not draws. Yes. Which pocket fives? Most of be pocket fives, maybe ace king. Turns out the answer is king five suited. Yep. That means king eight suited is there as well. But pocket fives is the obvious answer. Yeah. Right. I don't even know if Berkey's going to continue with ace king if we put in the big three bet now. Yeah. It's possible he'll find a fold sometimes. He might. Um, It's understandable to do so. Anyway, something that uh, Siren calling me towards flatting as Shulman is D'Ambrosio's stack behind. Mm. He's got about 30K behind. If he has any sort of draw, he might just be like, you know what? There's oh, enough money in there. I'm going to put it in. That's a great reason to call. Yeah. Let him shove. And then Berkey, we could really have Berkey in trouble. Yeah. Where Berkey flats the shove or reshoves himself. And we're like, call. Yeah. And Berkey's like, no. And then we have to fade probably yeah. some stuff. But we're big favorites. Yeah. Almost always. I like that plan. I like that plan, too. That's a good reason to call. That's what Shulman does. If, if D'Ambrosio is not behind us, I think we could get into a raising war right now with Berkey because of the wet nature of the board. And once he check raises there, he either has air that he's probably giving up on mm-hmm. if, we, uh, if we call yeah. anyway, or he's got a made hand and we're happy against almost all of his made hands. And there's a lot of scary cards for made hands. Yep. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to get more action on a lot of turns. But if we rock and roll right now, baby, woohoo! So we're hoping D'Ambrosio shoves behind. Yep. Should he? He's got about 30K. 
remaining know. in his stack. There's now going to be what looks like $15,500 in the pot. I don't He's know. He's got king, queen of spades on the king, eight, five, two spade board. I mean, there are some really bad scenarios for us. There's not flush draw in a set. Yeah. Yeah, or just not flush draw and beating us. Yeah. Whatever's two pair or whatever. Ace king. So, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Um, right. Berkey has ace king. Shulman's got the nut flush draw, and we're screwed. Now. We're never folding this hand, of course. If we can, yeah, yeah. We can't fold it, though, anyway. The thing is, if we put it all in and we get action from both players, we're off. We would get action from both players. We would, that would actually be an okay shape. That would be actually be an amazing spot for us against these particular hands. Um, considering everything, yes. Uh, they block each other's outs if we get there, by the way. That is a good point. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think about it. That's, yeah. what you were, that's your point with that. Yeah. There's so few outs for them. There's yeah. one, eight, two, one king and, and two fives yeah. total right now. Yeah. Obviously, the whatever, board, whatever card comes on the turn can pair as well. But still, that is unusual. But so we can't know that, of If course. we're not going to fold, is it... Better just to put it in now or to call and like reevaluate. I feel like call reevaluate is better. We don't like it's, I know it's 5,000 more, but we still have 26,000 back if we call this. Yeah. We can let, we can sort of wait and see what happens on the turn. Um, the thing that's bad is a spade, if we call and a spade comes on the turn, we may get no action, that's right? That's exactly what I was This is the way we get paid is, yeah. to move, is to move in right now. Yeah, I guess we should move in. Because if they, we have a showdownable hand, but is it, if it's no good, or can we ever fold out? Matt, Matt Berkey sometimes can have ace-king. Yeah. And we could fold him out, but can we fold out him and Shulman? I don't think we ever fold out both players. It seems like really ambitious to think that. Maybe in a world where Berkey has some weird Berkey play, where yeah. he's got like king-10, okay. and Shulman's got 6-7. Right. Yeah. Um, which is okay to... To fold that out too, although we are an incredible equity yeah. favorite there in the in that where we actually do succeed in folding them out, it's almost a game theory disaster from an equity point yeah. of view. It's not, but it's close, right? Um, the the good thing about moving in here is we can't screw up later, right? Like we can make a bad fold on the turn mm -hmm. if we if we call here, yeah, which I would hate to do. But we also have like a reasonable hand, and things can happen on the turn that would really make us want to fold. You know, the board compare, yeah. and there could be a lot of action. There could just be, like, all-in call, and all we have in our mind now is a flush draw, and we can get away from it, and we're only 20% to get there kind of a thing, right? Um, I am. I think I want to move in because I want to make sure I get paid on the spade. We're getting... If we, if we move in and get called into both spots, we're getting more than a good enough price on our draw most of the time. Although, they, if there's a set out there, it's a little bit worse, and there is. Yeah. Um, although, since they block each other's outs, it's good again. It's a tricky spot. It would be so much easier if he had just, you know, had the amount of money in front of him that Berkey did. You could yeah. just call, and it's easy. It's super easy. Um, I think both are fine in, in the end. I guess I, guess I don't like the fact that... Um, I don't, if, I, if we don't think we can get this through, we should probably not shove. Yeah. So, I don't think we can get it through. I think we should call. Okay. I could go either way. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with either. He decides to call. Okay. So there's now $21,200 in the pot. Yeah. Berkey's got top and bottom with king five of diamonds on king of clubs, eight of spades, five of spades. Uh, Shulman's got a set of eights, and Ambrosio has king queen of spades. Turn is the seven of clubs. So hands like six, nine get there, but those at this point are quite rare. I mean, six, nine of spades. That's it. Yeah. That's the only way it gets there. That's the only way. I guess Berkey himself can have six, nine somehow. Yeah. But unlikely. Very, it feels pretty unlikely he'd go for the check raise with that. It's a slightly scary card because 6-9 gets there. I don't think we're too worried about 4-6 being there as Berkey or Shulman. I mean, again, 4-6 of spades. Yeah. Shulman could have 4-6 of spades. He could. 
Um, Berkey's less likely to have it. Yeah. Uh, but as Berkey now, should we just keep pounding away? Yeah. Or is that card scary at all? I don't think it's scary enough. to. I mean, almost every card is a little scary, right? Yeah. This is one of the better cards. It's not a spade. It's not an obvious straight maker. Yeah. Right? It's that not, already feels it's like... It's not an eight, which would be a death card. An eight would be bad. An eight would be horrible. A nine is bad. A four is bad. A spade is bad. It's none of those things. It's yeah. not an ace, even. Yeah. Because um, ace-eight gets there, although ace-eight feels like not, a, not there, actually. Actually, an ace doesn't matter. An ace is not... An ace is not a problem for us. But still, it feels like I, I, a queen is bad. A jack is a bad. A queen, right? jack, and ten feel kind of bad. Right. Yeah. Like, we missed all those cards. We have to continue. Yeah. We also think we have the best hand on the flop. For sh- We don't, but we really believe we do when we just get called in those two spots. Yeah, we probably put one of, at least one of them has a draw, most likely. Yeah. And then one of them has probably top pair. Well, a good top pair. It's time to charge the hell out of these guys. He does. He, he goes pot. That's 21K into 21,200. Great. Seems good to me. I like it. All right, Nick Schulman, what do you want to do with your set of eights? I mean, this is going very well. Yeah, assuming Berkey doesn't have a set of kings, it's going very well. If he has a set of kings, yeah. it goes how it goes. We, yeah, but like from blind to his hand and aware of what we think his range is, this is going very, very, very well. Yeah. Um, I guess we just move in. It's just time. To, the spade didn't come. It's time to move in. And there's a lot more scary cards now. There's like straightening cards that can come in. We would hate to just call, have D'Ambrosio call behind us, and ha- for like, and for him to get there with one of his many draws and us to lose this pot that is now getting kind of sizable. Yep. Also, it looks like we're going to get action from Berkey at least a fair amount of the time when he bets 21K here, right? Yeah. Maybe even from D'Ambrosio, but let's get all the money in now, man. Let's go. He does that. I like it. Moves in for Berkey's 95K effective. D'Ambrosio has 26K. So, Jimmy D'Ambrosio, what do you want to do now? I mean, we should fold. Right. We just have to fold. Yeah, I guess we're never currently ahead. If we're never ahead, we only have a flush draw, and we could even be dead to that as well since there are two players. Yeah. I don't see how we can call. Yeah, I think it's probably time to fold. If we didn't want to move in on the flop, one of the reasons we call the turn is to give ourselves a chance to like get all this. We got a lot of data here. Yeah. Right? It didn't go check, check. Like everyone didn't like, Bergie's like, oh, shit, my move isn't going to work. And Shulman is like, oh, God, I'm just my king, queen. I don't want to put too much money in. It's the opposite of that. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a clear fold. Yep. That's what he, he does. What about Berkey? All right, so it's uh, what price are we getting here? We're, maybe that doesn't matter as much in this exact spot. It's let's, pretty binary. But let's ask the question anyway, though. All right, so it's seventy four k to win. How much? Twenty one thousand in the pot. Berkey, Ber- yeah, Berkey bets twenty one thousand. Then there's ninety five k more. So it's one hundred and thirty six k in the pot, and it's seventy four to win one thirty six. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna have to be right. A reasonable, not not a crazy amount of the time, but like you know, thirty eight percent of the time or something, right? Thirty seven percent of the time. So, what are the hands that we're beating that Shulman will play this way? Mm, not spades. Which ace, is, ace nine of spades. Yeah, because I mean, he picks up the straight draw. Ace four of spades because he picks up a straight draw. And he feels like he can't just call with those hands. And he's not willing to fold. Ace them. seven of spades because he picks up a straight draw. And we're Berkey. We could have bet folds here. Yeah. Right. Like more than maybe a lot of other players. We're, we're the guy who does check raise top pair only, like yeah. in the past. And I don't know if we still do that, but we used to for sure. Um, and would continue even yeah. like with like maybe Ace King or something like that. Like we've seen him do that yeah. years ago at least. So it's possible he's still doing that. Or it's possible Shulman thinks he's still doing that, whether he is or not. Um, 
Okay, so cool. Are we? We we. Shulman's not doing this with King Queen of Diamonds, no. right? Or we don't. He I don't have believe. That, but, I know. don't believe he is at all. I believe he would call probably the. So all of his made hands are better than our hand. Yeah. Does he ever have seven eight? So he's open ended. No, he picks up. Uh, oh no, pair. he turns two pair. I don't know. Maybe he can have seven eight. It's a weird spot for seven eight. Well, we block pocket eight, so all we're losing to is five five and king king. Really, if you're Shulman, I guess also king eight and king five. Now, mm-hmm. like we we should know that too. We're yeah. losing to that. That that's there. Um, we might think it's just too good to fold seven eight, and does, we don't want to let everyone. Does draw. Shulman make it to the turn with seven eight? No, I don't okay. think so. Not so, with not with the Ambrosia. Are there any other made hands that we can beat? That do make it to the turn. Maybe seven eight of clubs exactly because he has adds the backdoor club draw and he's got the turn is the seven of clubs. Okay, so not that. Yeah. Okay. Then no, he doesn't have seven eight. Does he have any made hands that we're beating as Berkey? Um, I don't think he can have eight five suited. Right. No. Then no. Every made hand is beating us if he can't have eight five suited. Does he have the flopped combo draws that are pouncing now? That, are, that include a seven almost always. Six, seven of spades. Yeah. So he blocks a set of sevens, blocks the straight, um, and has the combo draw. Yeah, or maybe seven, nine of spades. Yeah. The same ilk. Yeah. Um, maybe. He might, he might decide to turn that into bluff sometimes. But Berkey looks pretty strong when he check raises two players and then continues upon getting called. Yeah. You'd have to think you had fold equity, obviously. And, but yes. You might. It's Berkey. You might. If Shulman doesn't think he has fold equity and Berkey knows that, Berkey should fold. Yes. But I don't think that's a reasonable assumption to think that Shulman would think he never has fold equity. I, I, think, so. I think you're right. Does Shulman have just enough flush draw that's now pouncing? Does he have ace-deuce of spades? At least a little bit of the time, right? He has to have that a little bit of yeah. the time. If for no other reason than to balance when he has the set of eights. He's got to right. have some things that are not awesome here. Otherwise, Berkey will never call him, and he knows okay. that. So sometimes we can be equity favorites against Shulman's hand. I believe so. All right. Where are we in our distribution? Well, we're not, we're not, we're actually, we're in a reasonable place in our distribution. Now I think about it, right? If we have ace king, ace, ace, stuff like that, um, then like, I think, I think we're in a relatively reasonable place. King, queen even. Do we have king queen? I think we, we check can. raise king queen. I think we can have it. And then bet pot? Yes. Okay. King queen and king 5 don't play that differently against these yeah. uh these spots. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's unusual to check raise king queen, that's for sure. Absolutely. But we've seen Berkey do unusual stuff. I I I would I wouldn't have check raised king queen myself by any means here. I don't think although 1k in a call, maybe maybe I'd consider it sometimes. But uh I think Berkey, it's at least old school Berkey definitely could have King Queen, I think. Maybe Berkey would sit here and be like, no, for these seven reasons, no. But my impression is he could have it. Okay. I mean, we just have better hands than this still, though. I mean, we've got King King 8855. Five. Yep. We have King 8 suited. Yep. That's it, right? Yep. Those are the hands that are better than ours. Would we rather have Ace King of Spades or this hand? That's a good question. I think we'd rather have this hand. Because, because we don't block the spades. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't get bailed out as much when we're behind, but we also are against 
fewer semi-bluffs if we have ace-king of spades. If we have enough, uh, if we have enough top pair type, one pair type check raises in our range, then we probably have to call this hand. Yep. I guess it really boils down to that. Yeah. Berkey's a candidate to have a lot of those. Yeah. And he does end up calling. Yeah. He calls fast. He has one out. He calls like kind of, he says, as he calls, he says, this is just a bluff catcher, but I have to call. And then does. He does and loses. The river's a six of spades. D'Ambrosio is kicking oh, himself. Oh, if he just moved in. Yeah. On the flop. <laughs> he would have uh, 100K in his stack. Yep. But that's not what happened at that's all. That's not what happened. Nick Schulman wins a monstrous pot. Congratulations to him. Maybe he'll get a commentator gig now or something. That's clever. Ah, thanks, man. Very clever. Yeah. I nailed it. Goodbye. <laughs> Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.